green, even sapphire. I can still see his tiny, low-set ears and that pointed stub of a chin, a meaty appendage that looked like it was added as a mere afterthought, and the cleft lip, just left of midline, where the Chinese dollmaker's instrument may have slipped, or perhaps he had simply grown tired and careless. Sometimes, up in those trees, I talk Hassan into firing walnuts with his slingshot at the neighbor's one-eyed German shepherd. Hassan never wanted to, but if I asked, really asked, he wouldn't deny me. Hassan never denied me anything. And he was deadly with his slingshot. Hassan's father, Ali, used to catch us and get mad, or as mad as someone as gentle as Ali could ever get. He would wag his finger and wave us down from the tree. He would take the mirror and tell us what his mother had told him, that the devil shone mirrors too, shown them to distract Muslims during prayer. And he laughs while he does it, he always added, scowling at his son. Yes, father, Hassan would mumble, looking down at his feet. But he never told on me. Never told that the mirror, like shooting walnuts at the neighbor's dog, was always my idea. The poplar trees lined the red brick driveway, which led to a pair of wrought iron gates. They in turn opened into an extension of the driveway into my father's estate. The house sat on the left side of the brick path, the backyard at the end of it. Everyone agreed that my father, my Baba, had built the most beautiful house in the Wazir Akbar Khan district, a new and affluent neighborhood in the northern part of Kabul. Some thought it was the prettiest house in all of Kabul. A broad entryway flanked by rose bushes led to the sprawling house of marble floors and wide windows. Intricate mosaic tiles, handpicked by Baba in Esfahan, covered the floors of the four bathrooms. Gold-stitched tapestries, which Baba had bought in Calcutta, lined the walls. A crystal chandelier hung from the vaulted ceiling. Upstairs was my bedroom, Baba's room, and his study, also known as the smoking room, which perpetually smelled of tobacco and cinnamon. Baba and his friends reclined on black leather chairs in that room after Ali had served dinner. They stuffed their pipes, except Baba always called it fattening the pipe, and discussed their favorite three topics, politics, business, soccer. Sometimes I asked Baba if I could sit with them, but Baba would stand in the doorway. Go on now, he'd say. This is grown-up's time. Why don't you go read one of those books of yours? He'd close the door leave me to wonder why it was always grown-up's time with him. I'd sit by the door, knees drawn to my chest. Sometimes I sat there for an hour, sometimes two, listening to their laughter, their chatter. The living room downstairs had a curved wall with custom-built cabinets. Inside sat framed family pictures, an old grainy photo of my grandfather and King Nader Shah, taken in 1931, two years before the king's assassination. They're standing over a dead deer, dressed in knee-high boots, rifles slung over their shoulders. There was a picture of my parents' wedding night, Baba dashing in his black suit, and my mother a smiling young princess in white. Here was Baba and his best friend and business partner, Raim Khan, standing outside our house, neither one smiling. I'm a baby in that photograph, and Baba is holding me, looking tired and grim. I'm in his arms, but it's Raim Khan's pinky my fingers are curled around. 
The curved wall led into the dining room, at the center of which was a mahogany table that could easily sit thirty guests. And given my father's taste for extravagant parties, it did just that almost every week. On the other end of the dining room was a tall marble fireplace, always lit by the orange glow of a fire in the wintertime. A large sliding glass door opened into a semicircular terrace that overlooked two acres of backyard and rows of cherry trees. Baba and Ali had planted a small vegetable garden along the eastern wall, tomatoes, mint, peppers, and a row of corn that never really took. Hassan and I used to call it the wall of ailing corn. On the south end of the garden, in the shadows of a loquat tree, was a servant's home, a modest little mud hut where Hassan lived with his father. It was there, in that little shack, that Hassan was born in the winter of 1964. Just one year.